words on water. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by DN Tanks. DN Tanks designs and constructs circular, pre-stressed concrete liquid storage tanks. With over 90 years of experience, DN Tanks is generation strong. For more, visit dntanks.com. Hi, welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. I'm excited for this conversation uh, for a number of reasons. One is that I've got three guests on here today, and I think they're going to be able to sh all share a, a bunch of great information and perspective on a really exciting project happening at a water facility in Acoqueque, Maryland. And what I'm also excited about is talking about this specific project, but then how it ties into trends and opportunities in the water sector more broadly. So my guests today, I have Frank Houston. He is Senior Regional Manager for the Eastern United States with DN Tanks. I have Laura Simmers. She is pre-construction coordinator for PC Construction. And I have Alan Parent. He is director of business development with PC Construction. So thanks so much to all three of you for coming on here. Who would like to go ahead and give an overview of this project that's happening in Acoqueque, Maryland? Travis, this is Laura. I'd love to um, give you an overview of the project. This is a project at WSSC's Piscataway uh, Wastewater Recovery Facility. Uh, it's about a $271 million progressive design build that PC Construction has been working with WSSC on since uh, about June of 2018. Uh, the facility is really an interesting, an interesting uh, facility. They are going to be, uh, when the project is over, becoming a regional facility to treat all of the sludge from all of their wastewater treatment facilities in Maryland. They'll be hauling sludge from their other four facilities down to Piscataway. And this new facility will be using thermohydrolysis and anaerobic digestion to treat the biosolids and create a class A um, uh, biosolids, which is a much uh, cleaner, better uh, biosolids than you would normally get from a wastewater treatment process. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a very green project that creates a great byproduct, reduces their um, hauling and trucking and uh, disposal costs, and saves their ratepayers money each and every year. It's it's a really innovative. I think it's one of the first of its type in the country, um, and WSSC is certainly taking a a forward look in developing this this facility. Sure. One of the things that I, I think is so interesting and, and worth talking about is the role that collaboration played in, you know, formulating and, and now executing this project. Um, I'd like to hear about that with, you know, I know there's a, a number of different uh, firms and entities involved. So how, how did that collaboration go and, and why, you know, then connected into, I guess, the broader, broader opportunities out there in the water sector? 
on on large and complex projects such as this one at the uh, at Piscataway for their bioenergy project, um, owners often will find significant value in the collaborative efforts that the progressive design build um, delivery approaches can provide the projects like, such as this because it allows you to tap into um, a lot of the design and construction expertise much earlier in the project development phase. And when you come to these larger projects, you know, a lot of the success in the field and during the construction phase is really driven by the collaboration that takes place during the design and pre-construction planning phase. Just like, you know, any sports team or any project that you're working on, the more planning that goes into it and the collaboration, it just makes it more successful once you get into, uh, you know, taking things into action. So uh, PC has been a, a design build team lead on this project. And um, at the start of the project, it really is, you know, their focus on just getting a key understanding of what the expectations are from the owner, which is WSSC on this project, and making sure that they, um, they had continued involvement throughout the design development and the pre-construction planning phase, um, which is where we're at on the project right now. PCs had similar experience um, with these uh, THP projects before. Um, so their expertise has been extremely valuable, um, along with their uh, lead design team partner in Stantec um, on similar projects for this THP. And I think as you can imagine, when you know, you're looking at a large design build project such as this, you know, that's around $271 million, um, there are quite a few um, or a significant number of technical and trade experts that all have key impacts on the project from start to finish. Um, so I think, you know, prior to COVID and during COVID, there were a lot of uh, Zoom meetings, both domestic and international. And um, I think PC leading the charge and getting all the people in the right room through the meetings and um, during the planning phase has been key um, to the early success of this project. And I, I think, you know, when you are able to increase the collaboration from the design and trade experts, um, it, it really leads to being able to understand and, and properly allocate the risk for the project, as well as you know, having the, all the experts in one room allows you to focus on the co cost certainty of the overall project as you're moving through the design phase. So DN Tanks was, was involved in the anaerobic digester uh, scope for this particular project. You know, when we're involved in some of those meetings, it, it really starts to give you a better appreciation for you know, the amount of expertise that's needed to make these projects, um, you know, come together. Um, there's a lot of process, mechanical, you know, site, civil work, structural work that all kind of ties into it together. And, you know, when you're all at the, the meetings and, um, you know, the collaborative efforts between the group, it's interesting to see when you come out with, you know, some more innovative solutions and, um, you know, which can add significant value to the overall project. I, I was hoping also to hear about, you know, how the design build process uh, was used and again, how that connects to kind of the broader water sector. The, the design build or progressive design build is what's kind of evolved to now is really becoming a commonplace procurement method in the market. It's uh, owners really need to know the cost uh, up front to understand how that cost is allocated and um, really want a construction partner on, on board to help allocate the risk, um, enhance schedule, 
and um, and really be able to choose their expert. And um, design build is is a great way to do that. There's obviously other uh, methods uh, like construction management, but on a uh, a project like like this, that's that's really highly technical, has a lot of moving parts. You know, WSSC. Uh, chose the progressive design build method so they could really hone in on a team that had a lot of experience with um, bioenergy, THP, uh, as well as, um, you know, had a good track record with, with uh, bringing on board experts like DN tanks, you know, PC does not build, you know, tanks uh, of that size and to have a, um, you know, a gas tight leak free tank. Um, expert on board early to help us through some of the steps you know that's that's the design build approach right there so it's definitely a broader trend in the industry we're seeing a lot more uh, ultimate delivery in terms of design build and CM um, all across the East Coast which is what uh, what uh, PC construction serves sure um, when Laura was talking about the project, you know, I, there's a couple interesting areas to dive into here a little bit, and that's biosolids. And, and I want to hear about how this project advances uh, WSSC, that's Washington Suburban Sanitary Commission, how this project advances their goals for biosolids. It's, it's huge for them. Um, we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of municipalities and, and um, states and local organizations place restrictions or uh, goals on reducing their greenhouse gas footprint um, or their carbon emissions and uh, this project uh, really advances that goal for WSSC by uh, you know turning their their waste into uh, a revenue stream number one and uh, number two reducing the amount of, uh, of uh, waste they have and also by just outright cutting costs and and uh, transport and you know, otherwise um, the Canby system THP does that in a lot of different ways as well as adding you know heat and power and um, on this specific project we're creating uh, not just uh, in, uh, power to use on site um, we're also creating a, a gas line quality natural gas. Um, uh, to put back into the um, natural gas pipeline, and that allows um, WSSC to sell RIN credits, which um, enhances their uh, their bottom line. Um, so it's it's a great project for them. I think is this is this move to, you know, be able to make biosolids part of of the resource work recovery portfolio and and generate energy. What are your thoughts on seeing this happen more and more in projects? It's, it's huge. You know, the, the, the municipalities are finding that um, they, they do have an asset in their, what used to be their waste. Their, their cost to um, eliminate waste is now becoming um, a revenue stream. And uh, we're seeing this all, certainly all up and down the East Coast from Florida to Maine. And... Um, and, you know, whether it be um, uh, turning it into uh, combined heat and power to uh, use on site or pipeline gas, um, you know, um, being able to sell a class A nutrient that now does not have to be mined uh, from, you know, natural resources, um, you can kind of close the circle on that resource 
and that you know is the ultimate uh, you know, reuse right there. Um, you know we're hearing of opportunities to uh, use um, you know biofuel to fuel a municipality's you know vehicle fleet or or otherwise. So there's a lot of potential here, and it's it's the scale is is going down where it used to be just large facilities. It's uh, coming down uh, more economical for smaller municipalities and treatment plants to do this. And and the energy generation side, I just yeah, you mentioned it, uh, but I want to hear a little bit more about you know how this project advances those goals and with with the energy generation and you know also is that an area that you're seeing more projects and utilities try to move toward, uh, whether it's because that's just their internal goals is to to generate more renewable energy or if it's part of meeting any mandates and just yeah i'd love to hear kind of the, your thoughts on the landscape there this project is really a truly a green project and you know a lot of what alan's been talking about and how we're renewing um, and reusing resources and creating um, cleaner resources part of this project is a um, chp facility and a gas cleaning facility. So we are taking that digester gas, uh, cleaning it and using it to power engines um, and boilers that will then feed the THP, um, which has a heavy steam consumption. Um, and we're, we'll be generating clean gas that can be put back into the Washington gas pipeline. So not only are we using it on site, we have that opportunity to provide it out to the community through Washington gas those engines are also going to be generating um, excess electricity. So in addition to powering the facility, the, the bioenergy facility, some of the power generated will also uh, power the, the, the entire Piscataway uh, plant as well. So there'll be less need for ex- excess energy from uh, SMECO, which is the local uh, electric utility. And I think, Part of the success of this is something, you know, a theme that's been coming through this entire discussion, and it's about collaboration. It's about how WSSC has been able to partner with uh, uh, Progressive Design Builder and utilities and um, ratepayers and all of these different groups to find the best solution to manage this, you know, their biosolids um, and really create a a good, clean solution. And I think it's something that we're seeing happen to a number of um, other clients and other municipalities. Um, as we're all starting to see limited natural resources, we're trying to find ways to best use those resources and, and not diminishing them. Uh, we're also seeing rising utility costs. So this is a great option to minimize your costs and utilities. Um, and as Alan mentioned before, reduce your carbon footprint. You know, also I think what this, what this does it, is shows that WSSC and other municipalities who may be doing things like this are good stewards of public funds and public resources. So um, this has been a great kind of showpiece, I think, this project to show how you can put all of these pieces together um, and could serve as a model for other communities, whether, you know, this size um, or, or smaller. And something, something else I just want to mention, we've talked about it a little bit, but um, this really has been a team effort um, and we've had a great design team on board with us. Um, you know, as Frank was talking about, have, about having the community involved in this, um, we've had a great design team. You know, Stantec has been our lead designer and 
uh, Hazen and Sawyer has also been part of the design team to really make this happen. And they're both, you know, WSSC was very wise in their, in their selection here because both of these firms are um, national and international leaders and experts in, uh, in, the, in their fields that are really making this project happen. One of the other uh, last aspects I wanted to talk about was the emphasis on deliberately involving minority and women-owned businesses. And I'd love to hear about um, kind of the, the reasoning and, and success of that approach. And again, how it's something that happened with this project, but I think that's definitely something we're seeing uh, happen more often. Yeah, this this is actually a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I've been, a, you know, it's, this has been a big piece of what PC has been working on um, with this project. And I think this is something that uh, PC and WSSC both share a common um, core theme and, and uh, philosophy in the way we do business. And both have very strong commitments to including small, local, and minority businesses. So this has been a great partnership with WSSC to to do this. Um, when we began the process of just bidding for this job two, th almost three years ago, we started to reach out to small local and minority businesses right away and bring them on board um, because we really felt the sooner we had them on board, the sooner we'd be able to really take advantage of, of their very specific and um, important knowledge. Uh, so we developed a, a series of outreach events and uh, project tours, um, opportunities for them to network with, for all of our subs to network together to see if they could find partnerships that they could build to make their services to the, the, to the program and to the project better. Um, and I will say it, in the Maryland, DC, you know, the greater DC area, there are an enormous number of great small local minority firms. So we, we had a, a lot of response and a lot of interest um, in this project, and, you know, a lot of people wanted to be involved. Um, so we've been able through the course of, of the project to uh, contract with more than 32 small local and minority firms. And wow. some of them are very small and some of them are, are some are larger and we've issued contracts anywhere from $200,000 to nearly $11 million. So they run the gambit and they are critical to the success of of the project, you know, again, they, they range from um, being integral to the delivery of the um, electrical components of the project to, to de dealing with all the site work and the demolition. And one interesting story, one, one that I, I learned about just the other day that I think is really um, a special story, our demolition subcontractor on the project is a, a minority business, K&K Adams. They met another minority business on the job because there were so many there. Um, and they forged a great new uh, business partnership and K&K is now mentoring this smaller MBE and bringing them along and teaching them how to do business and, and how to um, stay involved in, in this industry. So I think it's, it's, been a, it's a great way to kind of build the trades and, and build the um, group of subcontractors that we have to, to work with. Um, and I think this is a trend we're going to continue to see in municipalities, whether they be a small um, rural municipality or a large uh, regional utility like WSSC. Um, I think we're going to continue to see that desire for their participation um, with small local and minority businesses. And I think it's a great 
boon for um, the communities because we're really helping to support those small businesses that we all know are really driving our economy. And you know, mm. we've all learned through COVID that we need to support those small businesses to help them stay in business and really kind of drive the economy. You know, I think the other thing that we learned that we're learning in COVID is that um, our new normal is maybe going to look very different. And so we're going to have to rethink how we are enlisting these firms and how we're looking for them because some of the methods we're using now, um, like face-to-face meetings and large gatherings, may be a little bit harder to do in the next six, eight months or, or years. So we're going to need to look for new ways to continue to engage them and to continue to seek them out to participate in, in projects like this. Well, that's, that's just fantastic to hear the extent of involvement with, with those type of businesses at this project. Um, well, all of you, thank you. Um, I, like I said, I was, I'm really excited to, to talk about a specific project, but be able to see so many water sector trends within, within the one. Um, and so I'm really grateful for your time and all the information. Thank you each so much. Words on water.